talking over the energy Reiki episode. I feel like this is a similar vibe. I've been begging Bird to let us do an Enneagram episode since the beginning, so I'm very excited about this today. Yeah, I'm so excited because I remember, I think it was you and Anna Grace, basically the two people that teach me about everything woo-woo. Um, would you say Enneagram is woo-woo? I don't would you think say that? so. I feel like it's just a personality type, like kind of like Myers-Briggs. I mean, people do yeah. that you know? Yeah, for sure. So I remember... You guys are talking about human design, which kind of led into Enneagrams. And that's when, because I think I had taken it a long time ago, but over right when we did that episode with Anna Grace, I retook mine. And I think it's so interesting, but being someone who doesn't, who didn't really like super understand Enneagrams and then knowing that you have always been really passionate about them. Well, I first learned about Enneagram when I was in college working at Amy Head Cosmetics because Amy was so into Enneagram and she and her husband were always talking about it and how it just like changed their relationship. And um, so we all took the test and it's actually great to know how the people that you work with, like what their motivation is, how they, you know, their different personality types and even like your friends and your boyfriend or girlfriend. Like I think it's just so useful. Yeah. So tell everyone a little bit though what Enneagram is. Like it's a test. Yeah, so it's basically a personality type. You take the test and you get a number based on one to nine. And like I'm a three and that's known as like the achiever. You're a two. That's the helper. So they each have like based on your personality. And then it kind of gives you a rundown of like um, your character traits and then like kind of like your strengths and weaknesses. But it's just a helpful tool to, to know yourself. Definitely. Oh, your nails look really cute, by the way. Thank you. Look at mine. These are my real nails. These aren't even Wow, fake. these these are fake, but they're for my birthday wow. nails. Wait, I yeah. can't really see them. Oh, are they fire? They're <gasps> flames, pink flames, yeah. Oh my god, I love um, it. Well, yeah, super pumped out this episode, but I do have a lot to unpack from the week. So if we want to dive into that. You wanna hit me with your low? Yeah, I do. I do. Um <clears throat> so I'm dying to hear about it because I've seen the video and I don't know what the hell's going on. So basically my low of the week is that Satan has possessed our home. Um, you need basically, to okay, so I know, I know, and I did. I lit Palo Santos the other day, the other night on two, 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 when I was manifesting, and it obviously didn't really work or didn't maybe reach the area. But, anyways, basically, Perry and I have been struggling for like a few weeks with a slow, sorry, I just stuttered, with a slow draining shower. So, like, we shower, there's like kind of some stagnant water, which is gross because it's like you know dirty shower water like on your feet so we contact our landlord and she said you know call a plumber it's definitely just like needs to be snaked or something and we're like okay cool easy fix have a plumber come in on this is tuesday of this week he's here for five hours gets absolutely nothing done leaves and actually the situation and he didn't charge us because he couldn't like fix anything he couldn't get the clog out but he actually made the situation 9,000 times worse. So before he came, it was just a slow draining shower. After he left, our shower was not draining, filling up with black, dirty dirt water. Our neighbor's shower was overflowing with black, dirty dirt water. And the third floor was having a leak. He actually just fucked <laughs> so many things up. Like it actually made me so furious. Where do you find this plumber? On Yelp. 
And I have left, like, I am never a Karen. Like, I would never bash a company on the internet. Like, I would never bash a restaurant because I know that people have, like, off days, things like that happen. But, like, I went to town on a Yelp review yesterday. Like, it was the only thing I could think to do to feel better now that I've given up vaping. I couldn't think of anything else to do except for either, (laughs) one, buy a vape or leave a Yelp review. So, anyways, so then I call them on Thursday night because our neighbor's shower is overflowing and ours is full of dirt. And I'm like, you need to send someone right away. They send someone who's horrible. His energy was so bad. It actually made me and Perry like so upset because of how mean and like rude he was. He was here for like five hours. Couldn't fix it. Came back next morning. Couldn't fix it. We've had to call a whole, whole new company in. We had to get the building manager involved, our landlord involved. So basically more of the story, we're just having a lot of plumbing issues um, we cannot currently use our shower or our bathroom sink. So I just want to let everyone know that I'm not proud to admit this, but I did shower in the sink last night. <laughs> <laughs> Hawaii so is such a dream, people. Such basically, dream. we do shout out to Blaine, our best friend, Beach Bum Blaine. She let us use, like, we have the keys to her apartment because we have Shane's car. So we are like freely able to use her shower. Thank God. I don't really know what we would do otherwise. Um, but last night, Perry and I went out to have like a glass of wine to like get over our frustrations and try to like shake some of the energy off. And uh, I came home and I like just didn't have the energy to walk over to Blaine's. So I literally like put a towel down and like showered in the sink. That's so sad. I know. But wait, tell me I what know. was happening with the snake because I don't understand that. Yeah. So I don't think. Yeah, maybe some of you have seen the TikTok that we posted, but basically, like, this man who was just fucking our shit up left and right, like, he was he was probably doing every bad thing you could do to our shower. He thought he was so confidently snaking the pipes, and he was he broke through our shower plate, broke it in half with the snake, and it came through from our neighbor's shower into our shower. So it's just, like plumbing snake that's like you know it looked like a real snake and it's in there we were like biting it off with shampoos because it was like the best thing you said was not the, you said not the olaplex yeah oh yeah like our you know beautiful hair products beautiful tub shower curtain is ruined but um it's in, been an interesting few days for me like sorry to keep going on about this but like first our car broke down okay not super hype now this is happening. Yesterday, I shattered a vodka bottle at work on my leg and then oh. almost dropped my phone in the toilet. So I'm kind of like really wondering what has happened because I have been like pretty woo-woo this week. Like I did the manifesting and the incense on Tuesday. I went to a sound bath. I've been really like channeling what I thought was good energy, but I think somewhere along the way, something has entered. I'm hoping it will clear out. So basically, like where we're at now with the plumbing is that we have to wait until Monday. Like, so this is from Thursday to Monday of just nothing because they can't come back until Monday. I mean, it could be worse. Like, it could be the toilet is what me and Perry were talking about. Like, what if you couldn't use your toilet? Like, what do you, what do, you do? You have to stay at a hotel. We would have to get like a bucket or yeah, a hotel. Oh, are you serious? That was the <laughs> first option is to get a bucket. What the fuck is wrong with you? Not like an Airbnb <laughs> or a hotel, but a bucket? Like what? When the urge hits, you have Mom, to Mom, are you hearing know. this? I really <laughs> want you to listen to this and realize what you raised. She was going to go for a bucket. 
I'm so disgusted. <laughs> oh, fuck. Anyways, um, sorry that was a super long low, but I'm trying to see the good in it. Like, I do think I'm being tested on my patience because I don't always have the best patience. And do really? you counter that with a, uh, yeah. <laughs> I was literally bawling, crying to the plumber. I was like, I love being clean. <laughs> he was like so scared. Anyways, uh-huh. my lo- my high of the week though to go off that is that my high actually hasn't happened yet today, but it's about to. Libby is on a flight to Hawaii right oh, now. Yeah. Um, so my high of the day has just been like how happy I've been all day. Or like my high of the week has just been how happy I've been um all day. Just looking liberty, forward to that. Liberty, liberty. Yeah, guys, one time in college, I told, like, a lot of people that Libby was short for Liberty, and um, I love to sing her the Liberty Mutual Insurance um, little <laughs> jingle, little jingle jangle. Libby actually works with me at the Home Edit now, so full circle. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, anyways, that has been tough, but it could definitely be worse, and my high of the week is just that I know that she's coming. Um, will it be super awesome to parade Libby to a different building to shower? <laughs> no. But is it okay because it's Libby? Yes. So um, anyways. You're not going to the bathroom in a bucket. Yeah. Um, but I do appreciate the fact that you share this because, like, people will look at your Instagram and be like, oh, Bird lives in Hawaii. It's so cool and nice. But then it's like there's a snake in your sink that's – Yeah. I try to keep it transparent. What about you? What's your week looking like? Um, I actually had a <laughs> I actually had a really great week. Great. <laughs> awesome. So sorry. I was in Palm Beach last week, so I came back on Monday. And then Tuesday, I flew to New York. It was a big week for the home edit. It was so exciting. We announced that we were acquired by Reese Witherspoon's company, Hello Sunshine, um, which was a big deal. Uh, we're a part of um, just her company, and it's just so cool. And it's just amazing to be a part of a company that is – so focused on empowering and celebrating women and I'm just super excited for the whole company and Clea and Joanna and everyone that's worked so hard to get to this point. So yeah, that happened. And then we also announced on the Today Show that our magazine was coming out, which we've been working on since last summer. And I actually got a copy in the mail right before I left and it's beautiful. It'll actually be on stands March 4th. So everyone, you can get it wherever they sell magazines. Um, and what else did we announce this week? Oh, yeah, yeah. The Home Edit Season 2 premieres April 1st. Oh, I'm that. so excited. I'm yeah. so excited to watch it was, that. It was just a big work week, and it was exciting to be in New York while that was happening. And, yeah, it, it was really fun. And it's just – it's really inspiring to work for women that have built such an incredible company, you know? Did you have a low, or was it just awesome? <laughs> um. Oh, another high <laughs> was – I got to see Palmer, my old roommate. We went to dinner and oh, um, I love Palmer in New York, and I always love seeing her. We always end up drinking way too much, but it's okay. Anyway, uh, my low was probably um, hmm. I honestly think that my low is just kind of being on the go so much. Yeah, I have a low for you. What? Your low level communication skills this week? I have been busy. I'm like trying to text Allie and then it's like, I feel like I'm texting like someone in Mars. It's like this most delayed conversation. Like I'm just surprised, but I knew, I knew that you guys were doing a lot of stuff. a lot going on this week. 
Yeah, but yes. I have been texting you like one word answers. I don't know. I'm just like not yeah. a big texter. And so like when I have other things happening, it's like hard for me. I can always tell Allie's mood through her text. Like even if you're saying like I'm not a big texter, I can literally feel your mood through a text. And I'm just like, all right. So yeah, that's that's that. What I think my low was just like being on the go. Like I'm flying out to Houston tomorrow. I've got to pack um, at 7 a.m. So I will have been in four cities in the span of less than a week, which is all exciting, but it's like I was really happy to sleep in my bed last night, you know? Yeah, I feel you. Um, do you, What are you excited about? I am excited. I'm going to Houston this week for work, like I said, and I'm going to get to see um, – my friend Caroline that lives there and also Lee, one of our really Aww. good family friends. We're going to go to dinner and I've actually never been to Houston. So um, I'm excited to go somewhere new. Yeah, I've only been once. So it was super brief. Something I'm excited about is my birthday is on Tuesday, the day this episode drops. If you're listening to this, oh, it happy is birthday, my birthday. Um, yeah, so I, I've told people this, but like I love my birthday so much. I love other people's birthdays like I love celebrating other people however my own birthday I I think I love other people's more than mine I will say like I like to celebrate others that's more than I like to be lie. celebrated that is not a lie that is not a lie, you love not your a birthday lie. The most. I love my birthday the most but I I think I find more joy in like celebrating other people's birthdays because I like to plan you are really good at celebrating birthdays but yeah, I'm super hyped about my birthday because Libby's going to be here. Um, my parents rented a boat. We're going out on a boat um, with just like the girls. I love all girl birthday parties. Like I've always been team all girl birthdays. Like my 21st was all girls. I love just like be surrounded by all girls because I feel like when boys are factored in, people like the whole vibe changes. But when mm-hmm. it's just girls, so like it's going to be like all the girls in the boat. People won't like feel weird. Like it'll just be like laying out listening to music, vibing yeah. with the girls. So I'm, always I'm really excited. Team girls. That'll be so yeah. fun. I can't yeah. believe you're turning um, 23. Yeah, me either. I'm like feeling really old, but it's fine. Um, I feel like 20, 21, 22 were like so cute. And 23 is kind of like, <laughs> oh my God. Well, damn, what do you think about 28? It suits you. Oh, it's good. <laughs> what? <laughs> no, like I don't feel this way about you. Just me. Just me. I'm like 23 and now I have a financial advisor and I want to cry. You do? I had to get, yeah, I'm, I got a financial advisor this week because I'm like now a full adult. How'd you get one? Um, Dad, help me. Um, I, I too have a financial advisor, but she keeps emailing me to set up an appointment and I keep putting it off and I don't want to respond to her. Sorry, Misty. I really do like you. It's just stressful when we talk. Yeah. Speaking of being an old lady, I got a Kindle today. I'm so excited. <laughs> I had a Kindle when I was in sixth grade. Look at it. It's so cute. I can That's read. really cute. Yeah, I decided to get one in New York because I don't know. I just want to read more and just having it right there. Yeah, I had a Kindle when I was in sixth grade. I think it's actually called a Nook. This is also yeah. waterproof, so I can read in the bath. I did drop my I dropped my phone completely submerged it in the bath last night so um really a big selling point for me yeah I um I loved I used to love reading when I was younger but I also found ways to text on it and like message people so when I would get grounded I would like be able to message from my Kindle or like my nook whatever that was so anyways okay well I'm really excited about this episode 
I feel like people are going to learn a lot from Joy. Yeah. Gorgeous, gorgeous girls know their Enneagram. Gorgeous, gorgeous girls connect people with people better because they have factual-based evidence. <laughs> Joy Peterson is an Enneagram coach. She is the owner of the Clarity Collective. Um, she helps people and coaches people with how to know more about Enneagrams, how to apply them into your life, into your relationships. She's overall just a really amazing person. I love chatting with her. I said this in the episode, but I think this really and truly was one of my favorite episodes we recorded. Yeah, I'm so fascinated by the Enneagram and I think everyone should know about it and know how to use it and know everything about themselves with it. So yeah, I'm just glad that we finally were able to do an episode on it. Yeah, I think that my favorite episodes, I feel like I learn a lot from every single episode, but my favorite ones are the things that I feel like I don't know as much about. Mm -hmm. Because I think about like this, like the reason I love doing our podcast is because I learned so many things. Like when would I ever sit down with an Enneagram coach and be like, so what's up, Joy? Like never, Mm -hmm. we would never be able to talk except for like having the podcast. So it really has opened the doors for like me to learn so much, so many good things. And so hopefully I mean, that's why we we started. Yeah. I just want to go call your sister. I want to call Joy. I want to call everyone. (laughs) Just going to call everyone. And guess what? Everyone, I said this to everyone. I have like four people that I'm about to send. Yeah. um, There there will be some people receiving Enneagram tests from us today. Don't you worry. Yeah. Um, It's funny because I feel like I don't, there are some numbers that like I don't have any friends that are that number. I should have asked Joy this, but like, I wonder if you gravitate more towards certain numbers if you are like a number. Like, I'm a three and I have a lot of like three friends and two friends and sevens. Mm. Yeah. Um, anyway, so we're really excited to welcome Joy Peterson onto Go Call Your Sister today. We hope that all of you learned as much as we did about Enneagrams. And we're just so excited for you guys to hear our conversation. So, welcome, Joy, to Go Call Your Sister. We're so excited to talk to you. I feel like we're always getting requests to do something on the Enneagram. People are so into it. I'm a huge fan of it. I've known about it for a long time. So tell us a little bit about your background and how you kind of got started in this. Absolutely. So I learned about the Enneagram from another coach consultant who was working with a team that I was on. And we weren't even using the Enneagram at the time, but she pulled me aside after one of our uh, day sessions and she said, I think that you might be interested in this thing called the Enneagram. And I did look it up initially and I was kind of intimidated by all the lines and the numbers and the diagram. And I sort of set it aside, but it kept popping up for me. And um, I signed up for a two-day workshop through the Enneagram Institute. And I went with my sister, actually. It was in Phoenix, Arizona. I love it. And uh, I love that you have a sister's um, connection on your podcast. Uh, So she went with me, and we, we loved it, and we could not stop talking about it. And I especially felt like I really needed to know more and learn more. So I signed up for a certification offered by Jerome Wagner, who's one of sort of the grandfathers of the Enneagram. He's written books on it. He studied it in the 70s. Um, and I just loved him and really appreciated his approach. And so got my certification and I just started posting things about the Enneagram on my social media 
And during the pandemic, I feel like um, when we all went into lockdown, lots of people were on social and spending time on Instagram. And everything that I posted about the Enneagram seemed really popular. People seemed to want to know more. And I met really cool people all over the world um, who were into the Enneagram. And now I work with it every day. I have found so many more reasons to love it and uh, do a lot of coaching, consulting, and team building like workshops. What I love about the Enneagram is that it just helps you understand people so much better and why people act the way they do or what their motivation is. And I just think it's such a useful tool. It's really useful. And things that I hear people say when I start talking about their type are like, how did you know that about me? Or I feel like you're reading my mind, or I feel like you've known me forever, or um, I feel like you're looking into my soul. (laughs) Definitely. So we were kind of talking about this before Allie jumped on, but um, so like Allie has always has known about Enneagrams for a lot longer than I have. I would say I'm like halfway on my Enneagram journey, but for the people who, you know, this might be the first time they've ever heard about Enneagram or they might be new to it or just kind of briefly heard a little bit about it. Can you give us a little rundown of Enneagram and then like the classic traits possibly for each number? Yeah. So the Enneagram is a personality test at its very basic level. Um, There are lots of personality tests like the Myers-Briggs, True Colors, Strengths Quest. But I love it because it's uh, nine types, which, you know, if you've ever studied Myers-Briggs, there's 16 combinations, which is a lot. Strengths Quest has like 30 strengths, um, which is even more. And then things like True Colors, they only have four. So I feel like nine is a really nice number that we can easily remember all the nine types. And the way that they're designed really captures all of the different, I feel like, variations of our personalities. Um, It's based on core motivations. So a lot of our behaviors, our thoughts, and our limiting beliefs center around our values and our motivations. And so I think that's another reason why the Enneagram really gets at the core of of, uh, people. And beyond being a personality test, it's also, I feel like, a very useful tool for personal development and spiritual growth. The idea that we've kind of fractaled into these nine different um, camps and that when we're able to bring all of our aspects of ourselves together and access all the different types of the nine um, Enneagram types, we can really be our full and authentic selves and, and whole. Yeah, it's so cool because it's so applicable for any type of relationship, like work relationship, family, friendships, and I I think it's so important. And the funny thing is, like, I've always known about Enneagram, but I've always been like, I just know about my type, which is three. So I have to, like, make myself kind of learn more about all the other different types um, so I kind of understand them a bit better. But would love, like Bird said, to get a rundown, maybe like the, the qualities for each that are typically found. Yeah, absolutely. So the one is the perfectionist or the reformer, and they're motivated by right and wrong. They tend to see the world in black and white. Um, they're very uh, moral, and and again, they know what the right thing to do is, um, and they're going to be dotting their I's and crossing their T's and... Um, One of the classic traits of the one is the voice of the inner critic. So they are very self-critical, which leads them to sometimes be critical of others as well. Um, The two is the helper, 
and they are one of the people-pleasing types. They're looking for connection, and they really want to feel needed and to feel liked. And what they... (laughs) I'm a two. Yeah, Yeah. go ahead and put that out there that I'm a two. (laughs) And sometimes, I mean, what all the types do is they actually have patterns of behavior that um, prevent them from getting what they really want. So the two wants connection more than anything, but what they sometimes do is push people away um, by trying to help like over being overly helpful. Um, So each of the types has a way that they actually undermine their own, um, like what they're trying to accomplish. Mm -hmm. Um, The three is the achiever and they really value success and accomplishments and they tend to put a lot of their self-worth into those things. So one of the challenges for the three is every time they accomplish something, they are they constantly set their sights on the next thing. And so they never quite feel like they're good enough because they're always putting their value in the next thing that they're trying to achieve. Yep. Yep. Very much relatable. (laughs) The four is the individualist and they're very creative. Um, They are. very emotive also. So they will, they will sit with people who are really struggling. Um, They are very tuned into aesthetics so they can walk into a room and they notice like all the little things like the lighting and the, um, the ceiling pattern and the wallpaper. And uh, they know how to make people comfortable and aren't afraid of big emotions. Um, and they're motivated by being unique and different. And one of the challenges is they're always trying to make themselves stand out, but then they never feel like they quite fit in. So it's kind of a, a paradox. Um, the five is the investigator or the observer. They're motivated by understanding. They want to know everything, understand everything. They'll go down a rabbit hole um, researching things. And sometimes that can actually cause them to have like what we call analysis paralysis, where they're trying to get more information before they feel comfortable making a decision. And then they end up not being able to make that decision um, in a timely way. The six is the loyalist. And they actually have two um, presentations of their type. So one is the counterphobic six. And they um, both types are motivated by fear. So the counterphobic six approaches their fear like head on and refuses to be controlled by it and will take charge because they don't trust anybody else to really do it the right way. The phobic six is actually um, more full of self-doubt because the fear kind of overwhelms them. The seven is the enthusiast, and they're always looking for a good time and adventure and something new, and they don't really want to get deep into the emotions like the four does. They want to kind of stay at the surface where everything is like light, and um, they're one of the optimistic types. The eight is a challenger, and they're very, um, they have big big energy. They're all in or all out. Um, They're very protective, and they're uh, sensitive to vulnerability and weakness. And then the nine is the peacemaker, and they're motivated by harmony. They want to avoid conflict at all costs, and they're another one of the people-pleasing types. Wow. So I'm curious, which one are you? I'm the five. Okay, cool. So I'm a two, Allie's a three, and you're a five. So we're pretty wide representation I feel on this episode. Like everyone in my life, though, is a three. Like, I'm always surrounded by threes. Like, most of my friends are threes. My dad's a three. 
I don't know. I just feel like there are a lot of threes out there. Yeah, our culture really uh, embraces and celebrates threeness. It's, um, you know, the whole, the hustle, the achievement, the accolades, the awards, the, you know, winning first prize, winning in general um, is a very three type um, it's approach. It's kind life. of exhausting though sometimes. Yeah, <laughs> it is. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Uh, so the next question that we have on here is something that I really am unfamiliar with, but what is a wing? Because we hear people say, oh, I'm a two wing yeah. three or five. So yep. could you explain that a little bit for us? So your wings can only be the types on either side. So for a two, you can have a one wing or a three wing. And if you think about the idea of the Enneagram being able to move around the 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 whole Enneagram like a BOSU ball, like you might dip into your type, but you want to ultimately be able to balance, um, your wings are going to help provide you with easy access to those two other types. And some of us have a dominant wing, so we lean more heavily on, on one type next to us than the other. Uh, and some people are more balanced. And your wings can actually change as you move through life. Your type you know, according to the classic definition, your type does not change, but your wings can. Interesting. I'm a three wing four. Okay. Mm -hmm. I honestly don't know what wing I am. Like I've never, I bet, I bet you're a two wing three. Because yeah, because when I took it, I was so on borderline of two and three. Like my two was just a little bit higher than my three so would that mean that my wing would be a three very likely yeah okay i think the misperception is that wings are our second type which is not necessary not necessarily true so wings can only be the type on either side of you it's funny because when i took the test i just retook it today just because and i got a hundred percent three like there was no close second like mine yeah, mine was so close between two, three, and seven. Yeah. It was like, and I would have picked all of those for you. So that's yeah, it's, it's really interesting. Okay, so how can you use Enneagram as a tool in your everyday life? I use it in a lot of ways. So I would love to find out from each of you like what you would want to use it for, and I could probably make a connection. Um, so you can use it in work for sure. Um, I have a story that I tell in my workshops about how my supervisor and I used to work together. And then when I learned about the Enneagram and I learned about her type, I completely changed the way that I interacted with her. And at the end of that year, I got this glowing evaluation that was like, I don't know what has changed about joy, but she is stellar. I can trust her explicitly. Like I would let her do anything, give her any project and I was like I know exactly why (laughs) so it's really great for work how did Um, did you like what did you change yeah so uh one of the layers of the Enneagram is the harmonic types so there's three of each harmonic types and people either approach conflict with optimism um, which is the two seven and the nine or they approach it with competence which is um the one three and the five or they approach it with um, intensity, which is the four, six, and the eight. And when you are in a conflict, like for example, my boss was an eight. So when she had conflict, she would rush into my office, very intense, you know, and expect me to match her energy. And as a five, I tend to be like a lower energy. 
And so I just go straight to like, what are the facts? Let's deal with it unemotionally and solve the Mm -hmm. problem. And that to her did not feel like I got it. It did not feel like I had her back. Like she could just give me the problem and I like the ball and I would run with it. So what I did was when she would come into my office with the problem, I literally started like standing up and looking her in the eye and being like, I got this. I got your back. You know, give me the ball. I want it. I'm ready for it. You know, which is not my personality, but it was what she needed to feel like she could really trust me. Yeah. And then when she left the office, I did what I had always done to solve problems. That didn't change. But what changed was like, how I interacted with her in that moment. Mm -hmm. And for her, that meant everything. Yeah, like you knew what she wanted. Something Mm -hmm. that I think is really interesting on how it can be applicable is I was reading into um, how your Enneagram can affect your, was it eating habits, Allie? Is that what we were talking about? Oh, that's human design. Human design, yeah. Different thing. Okay. Yeah. Okay, never mind then. I think that human design is really interesting because like the fact that just by knowing how you operate, you can like your whole body. So, I mean, I feel like Enneagram can be. Oh, absolutely. The more you know about your patterns and and what I love about the Enneagram, it also helps you understand why you do what you do. Um, But I'm always talking about aligning our intention with our impact. So if I want respect, but I'm not getting it or I want trust and I'm not getting it or I want to be approachable, but I'm not. Like, where is that gap? And I talk about the Enneagram being like a brutally honest best friend because it will just tell you, like, this is where it is. This is what you're doing that's getting in your own way. How do you find where the gap is? Well, there are some that are common. So for threes, um, for example, a three knows exactly how to get what they want, how to win the situation, how to win people over. And so when they walk into a room, they will often put on whatever persona they perceive or know will get them what they're after. But what happens eventually is that people start to see that you have these masks that you wear and then they don't trust you and then you aren't able to get the thing Mm -hmm. that you're wanting. So Mm -hmm. for a three, you can almost bet that they're going to be more successful when they're more authentic Mm -hmm. with people and they don't put on the masks Um, because even though the masks usually are get them what they want eventually people see through those and Mm -hmm. then they end up not having the thing that they're after Mm -hmm. yeah and what about like in relationships when you know maybe it's like a spouse or a boyfriend girlfriend like how does an enneagram play out there Yeah, I think the harmonic groups are great for relationships because there's conflict in relationship inevitably. And so knowing how each person approaches that kind of naturally. And then, you know, sometimes you have to meet the other person where they're at. So if you're in a relationship with a withdrawing type, which with a four or five or nine, knowing that that person is going to want space, they're going to need to step back and process. Mm -hmm. They're not necessarily going to jump into the fight with you. Um, and knowing if you're uh, a four, six or eight, that you might be pushing somebody harder because you need that intensity in order to feel like they're in it with you. Mm -hmm. So knowing about yourself and knowing about your partner and then deciding like where, you know, do we match up? What if you're the same type? (laughs) The same type? Oh, then you're very boring. No, (laughs) I only say that because I think my partner and I are the same type. (laughs) 
it's the same thing. You know, both people might need the same thing, but how do you how do you find a way that they both can get their needs met? It's kind of nice because you know exactly how they're motivated. And yeah. yeah. What would you say about twos in relationships? I'm like, I want to know about me. Yeah. So twos, oh my gosh, people love twos. What they say about a two is if they want to be your friend, you don't stand a chance because they will know exactly what it is that you need and they will provide it for you, whether it's a glass of water, a blanket, a compliment. Um, The challenge for twos is that they also want love and connection in return, but they give off the perception that their love is unconditional and um, and so pe- they often attract people who take and don't give back. And so that's one of the challenges of being a two is that, um, is that people don't reciprocate. They just often will take, and that leads to a lot of burnout and resentment. And so twos can actually become passive aggressive and manipulative in order to feel needed. Sometimes they'll create a codependency or they'll foster a relationship where they're needed in order to ensure that that person never leaves them um, or that they get that constant connection that they are after. Wow. And mom, both twos. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. So I thought that was really interesting, like um, how you singled out like limiting beliefs for each type. So say we, you know, you figure out your limiting belief. How do you overcome that? I actually combined the Enneagram with um, another framework, which is called The Work by Byron Katie. So Byron Katie has this amazing um, process where she walks people through questioning their limiting beliefs. So if I believe I have to be strong to be a leader and that's not getting me where I want to go, you know, questioning, is that true? And how do I know that that's true? And what evidence do I have that that's not true? And it can be a thought that either limits you because you are not getting what you want out of the situation, or it can be limiting and that it causes you suffering. Like, like for a two, like I should, um, I must feel needed. And if I don't feel needed, I feel lost. Well, is that true? Can I be lovable? And and enough without having anybody need me. Um, so those are a couple examples of limiting beliefs and questioning those and looking for evidence that the opposite might be true. Um, one of the cool things about the Enneagram is it shows you eight other ways of being. So sometimes when I feel like, oh, I have to understand everything as a five or I can't speak about it, I'll look at another type that's like, speaking and teaching and presenting. And I think to myself, they don't know what they're talking about. Like they haven't read every single book on this, but they don't have that limiting belief. They don't have the belief that you have to have read every single book on the Enneagram to be able to speak openly about it. Um, It helps you recognize that maybe there's other ways of looking at the world that are less restrictive. Definitely. I love that. So I loved this question. What are some positive self-talk phrases for each type? We love self-talk on this podcast. So <laughs> so when I when you sent me the questions, I thought about how I wanted to answer this because there's a lot of different ways that positive self-talk can be integrated into the types. So what I came up with was we all want to be loved. I think love is a 
very universal feeling emotional experience that we're all after. And each of the nine types has a limiting belief around what it means to be lovable. So for the one, I think a positive self-talk phrase would be, I'm lovable even if I'm not perfect. Mm-hmm. And for a two, it would be, I'm lovable even if I'm not needed. For the three, it would be, I'm lovable even if I'm not successful. Yep. Love that. <laughs> I'm going to start texting yeah. Allie that like every day. Like, hey, Allie, I just want to remind you that you're lovable even if you didn't succeed. And for some of us, it when we hear the phrase for our type, it's almost like we reject it. Like, no, mm-mm, that can't be. Yeah. But when we hear the other types, we're like, oh, yeah, sure. Okay, yeah. <laughs> that double standard. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so for the four, I'm lovable even if I'm not unique. For the five, I'm lovable even if I don't know everything. For the six, I'm lovable even if I make a mistake. For the seven, I'm lovable even if I'm still. Ooh, that's a good one. The eight, I'm lovable even if I'm soft or vulnerable. And for the nine, I'm lovable even if not everyone likes me. Wow, those are so awesome. Those are those are and all just, good ones. Yeah, just hearing ours too, I'm like, that is just so spot on. It is it does kind of feel like you're reading our minds in a way, because that's <laughs> just knowing us too, you know. So I guess kind of going off of that, what are the best ways that we can support each type, especially in maybe relationships? Reminding them of those, of those affirmations. You know, if you're in relationship with a nine and you see that they're struggling because someone doesn't like them, reminding them that they're still lovable and they're still enough. Mm-hmm. Um I think the more we understand each type, the less personally we take things. So like if I'm in a relationship with another, if I wasn't a five and I was in a relationship with a five and they withdrew and they said, I don't want to talk to you right now. I just want to be by myself, not taking that personally and understanding that that's based on their own needs um, and not because they don't like you or they're angry or upset with you. Um, The Enneagram in a lot of ways helps me not take things personally once I understand what other people are trying to get at. Yeah. There's a few people I think that are going to be receiving Enneagram test links from me after this episode. <laughs> I, I already to be like them out before to multiple yeah, people. Like, we have some of things we need to cover. So I need you to take this test. <laughs> it's so funny. I always see that meme about like girls in 2022. It's like you go out on like your first date and you're like, what's your Enneagram number? What day were, or what's the exact time and date of your birth? Like what's your human design? So funny. I just exactly. think that any, any tool that allows you to know yourself and other people better, like why would you not be into that? Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Um, well, what are some, if people are interested in this and they want to learn more, what are some books or resources that you would recommend any like podcasts or, you know, what, what would you recommend? Yeah. So if you look up books that were written originally about the Enneagram, when it came to the United States, like in the seventies, they're very academic. Um, They're thick and dense. They are um, not very easy to digest. They don't have any pictures. (laughs) So that's where I started. And it was very overwhelming. Fortunately, there have been some really great books written in the last couple of years. Um, 
by a lot of in, people on Instagram, actually. Um, I'm looking, I should have pulled these out ahead of time. Um, a couple of my favorite authors I'll share with you. Um, but the, the original books are not as, um, not as great, I, I would say, for beginners. So a couple that I like are um, Enneagram Ashton's book. You might have heard of her. So she wrote this, The Enneagram um, for Relationships. And then I love this one by Christina Wilcox called Take Care of Your Type. It's all about self-care based on your Enneagram type. Oh, I love that. And then this one by Abby Robbins is one of my favorites. It's called The Conscious Enneagram. And it's... Um, it's not written like for a one, a two, a three, like a lot of the books are. It's written more of a framework of like three legs of a stool. Um, so these are some really great books that were all written in the last couple of years. All these folks are on Instagram. And I would say they're a lot more accessible than some of the earlier. I love following books. those like Enneagram accounts where it's like memes based on your Enneagram. And I don't know. Yeah. Like, those are the good ones like Enneagram and coffee and I love your, oh, your yeah. Instagram is amazing. Yeah. Yeah, there's so many good yeah. online resources. We will definitely link your Instagram in our show notes, but could you let our listeners know where they could find you on social media? Yes. Thank you. So I'm on Instagram at Enneagram Clarity. Perfect. Perfect. Allie and I were sending some of your posts back and forth to each other and we were like, this needs to be an episode. Like we... I feel like you're both kind of on different journeys. So like some people listening to this might feel like they know a lot and some people might feel like they don't know as much kind of like me. And I feel like this episode is going to be super informative for whatever, whatever step you're on in your Enneagram journey. Yeah. (laughs) So we like to end the episode with two different things. The first one being, do you have a mantra or an affirmation that you're living by right now? I have, yes, a mantra that I've been living by since I became a mom. So I'm a mom. Um, I also work full time at a university and I have a lot of hobbies. And so this mantra is I can do anything, but I can't do everything. Definitely. I love that. We were actually having this conversation last week on last week's episode about how we were trying to just do all these things because we have so many different interests and just like things that we want to do and it's hard to hard to get around to everything. So that's a good reminder. Yeah. That I feel like we, we both could use too. Yeah. Being a two, I'm always like, I guess going off of that, I will run myself until I literally cannot even function. So I'm really big into the mantras about, you know, rest, recovery. Mm-hmm. Like I'm like forcing myself to sit in bed and watch a Netflix episode. I'm like, oh, I can't. And I'm like, yes, I can. I got it. Yeah. So yeah, rest, rest and recovery and just knowing that you're capable of doing everything or anything, but you're not capable of doing everything. And that's when our bodies are just like. This is such a typical type three answer, but it's like, for me, it's like, I don't ever do anything just because like I enjoy it. It's like, oh, well, can this be a business? Or like, can I, can I win Mm -hmm. something here? So it's like reminding myself to just do something with no other purpose and just to like enjoy it or have fun or rest or I don't know. Definitely. Yeah. What is your sister's Enneagram type? I'm curious. Oh, my sister is a nine. nine. And when I teach about the Enneagram, I definitely have people that I pull from. Um, like I mentioned, my boss, she was an eight. So she's I'm kind of the, the person I talk about a lot when I, when I teach about eights. But my sister is a classic nine. I have wow. um, 
a really good friend who's a nine. Um, well, so the second thing that we like to end each episode with is a would you rather question, but this one is open an open-ended question. If you could be any other number, which would you be? Oh, I get asked this question sometimes. So I always pick nine because my sister, really? mm-hmm. <laughs> because I just love her so much, Aww. but, um, but there are great qualities and reasons why I would want to be all the different numbers. And I do try to pull, you know, again, with the Bosu ball analogy, we want to be able to access all the strengths of the nine of all the nine types when it's appropriate. Mm-hmm. So there are times when it would be really great to be a three or really great to be a six. Mm-hmm. Um, but because my sister's a nine, I always say nine. I think I'm going to have to go with seven. Um, I mine. also t- I test it so highly t- towards a seven, but I feel like when you hear like the enthusiast, I'm like, I want to be that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I definitely see how parts, I can see how parts of me would be like so seven, but then I also have like deep rooted parts that would definitely like draw me back to the two. But I feel like a seven would just be awesome because they're just so, you know, everything's great and fine. And, you know, like you said, every number has downsides, but the seven seems pretty fun. So yeah. <laughs> I, I would pick seven too. Um, two of my really, really good friends. My roommate is a seven. And then Anna Grace, um, one of my best friends, is also a seven. And I don't know. I just think it would be fun to have just a light energy. I feel like sometimes as a three, I can come in really like heavy and just like go, go, go. So it would be nice to just have like some floating through just having a good time <laughs> energy. So. Yeah. So that's what that's our goal is going to be channel our inner sevens this week. Yeah. But yeah. There you go. Perfect. Yeah. Well, Joy, thank you so much for joining us. I already this has been definitely one of my favorite episodes we've ever recorded because I feel like I'm like walking away from this with this whole new knowledge of the Enneagram. So thank you so much for coming on and speaking with us today. Yeah, thank you. It was so nice to meet you both. I know. And I think sisters are so special. So I love what you're doing. They're the best. Thank you. Agree. Thank you.